the eighth canto of the song of three friends by john gneisen al nyhart this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by phil shemp vengeance they made a camp well up above the crawling valley damp and where no prowling beast might chance to come there was no fuel but a flask of rum thanks to the buckskin dulled the evening chill and both grew mellow memories of bill and other nights possessed the little man and on and on his reminiscence ran as twere the babble of a brook of tears gone groping for the ocean of dead years too far away to reach and by and by the low voice sharpened to an anguish cry oh mike i said you couldn't miss the cup then something snapped in fink and leaping up he seized talbot and shook him as a rat is shaken by a dog enough of that he yelled and faith i'll send ye after bill for one more word ye fool i meant to kill and moind me now ye'd better hold your lip talbot felt murder shudder in the grip that choked and shook and flung him faint and dazed he sprawled upon the ground and anger blazed within him like the leaping northern light that gives no heat he wished to rise and fight but could not for the horror of it all wild voices thronged the further canyon wall as fink raved on and every word he said was like a mutilation of the dead by some demonic mob and when at length he heard mike snoring yonder still the strength to rise and kill came not upon talbot so many moments of the long ago came pleading and the gentle might thereof united with the habit of old love to weave a spell about the sleeping man then drowsily the pondered facts began to merge and group as running colors will in new and vaguer patterns mike and bill were bickering again and someone said let's flip a copper if it's tails he's dead if heads he's living that's the way to tell a spinning copper jangled like a bell but even as he stooped to pick it up behold the coin became a whiskey cup bored smoothly through the center look at this he seemed to shout i knew mike couldn't miss bill only played at dying for a joke then laughter filled his dream and he awoke the dawn was like a stranger's cold regard across the lifeless land grotesquely scarred as by old sorrow and the man's dull sense of woe become objective and immense seemed waiting there to crush him fink still slept and even now it seemed his loose mouth kept a shape for shameless words as though a breath deep drawn might set it gloating o'er the death of one who loved its jesting and its song and while talbot sat pondering the wrong so foully done and all that had been killed and how the laughter of the world was stilled and all its wine poured out he seemed to hear as though a spirit whispered in his ear you won't forget i gave my gun to you and instantly the deep conviction grew that twas a plea for justice from the slain ah not without a hand upon the rein nor with an empty saddle 
had the mare outrun the flame that she might carry there the means of vengeance yet if mike were dead he shuddered gazing where the gray sky bled with mourning like a wound he couldn't kill nor did it seem to be the way of bill to bid him do it yet the gun was sent for what to make mike suffer and repent but how a while his apathetic gaze explored yon thirst and hunger-haunted maze as though he might surprise the answer there the answer came that region of despair should be mike's purgatory more than chance had fitted circumstance to circumstance that this should be he knew it and the plan thus suddenly conceived possessed the man it seemed the might of bill had been reborn in him he took the gun and powder horn the water flasks and sun-dried bison meat the panniers gave then climbing to a seat above the sleeper shouted down to him get up along the further canyon rim a multitude of voices swelled the shout fink started up and yawned and looked about bewildered once again the clamor ran along the canyon wall the little man now squinting down the pointed rifle saw the lifted face go pale the stubborn jaw drooped nervelessly a twinge of pity stirred within him and he marveled as he heard his own voice saying what he wished unsaid it's bill's own rifle pointing at your head go east and think of all the wrong you've done fink glanced across his shoulder where the sun shone level on the melancholy land and feigning that he didn't understand essayed a careless grin that went awry but jesus and we'll not go there my boy he said for sure tis hell without the lights that one-eyed stare along the rifle sights was narrowed to a slit a sickening shock ran through him at the clucking of the lock he clutched his forehead stammering tell bo i've been your friend i'll give you three to go the other said or else you'll follow bill one two fink turned and scuttled down the hill and at the sight the watcher's eyes grew dim for something old and dear had gone from him his pride in one who made a clown of death alas how much the man would give for breath how easily death made of him the clown now scrambling for a grip now rolling down mike landed at the bottom of the steep and plunging into the river belly deep struck out in terror for the other shore at any moment might the rifles roar crash through that rearward silence and the lead come snarling like a hornet at his head he felt the spot then presently the flood began to cool the fever in his blood and furtive self-derision stung his pride he clambered dripping up the further side and felt himself a fool he wouldn't go that little with it yonder was talbot and who was this that he might think had feared he'd go and see a spurt of smoke appeared across the river and a bullet struck spat ping beside him spewing yellow muck upon his face then every cliff and draw rehearsed the sullen thunders of the law he dared to question stricken strangely weak he clutched the clay and watched the powder reek trail off with glories of the level sun 
he saw talbot pour powder in his gun and ram the wad a second shot might kill that brooding like a woman over bill had set the fellow daft a crazy man the notion spurred him springing up he ran to where a gully cleft the canyon rim and with that one-eyed fury after him fled east the very buttes grotesque and weird seemed startled at the sight of what he feared and powerless to shield him in his need twas more than man he fled from twas a deed become alive and subtle as the air that turned upon the doer everywhere it gibbered in the echoes as he fled a stream of pictures flitted through his head the quiet body in the hearth-lit hall the grinning ghost the flight the stallion's fall the flame-girt isle the spectral morning sun and then the finding of the dead man's gun beside the glooming river flowing by these fused and focused in the deadly eye he felt behind him suddenly the ground heaved up and smote him with a crashing sound and in the vivid moment of his fall he thought he heard the snarling rifle ball and felt the one-eyed fury crunch its mark expectant of the swooping of the dark he raised his eyes the sun was shining still it peeped above the shoulder of a hill and viewed him with a quizzifying stare he looked behind him nothing followed there but silence big with dread begotten sound dismayed him and the steeps that hemmed him round seemed plotting with a more than human guile he rose and fled but every little while a sense of eyes behind him made him pause and always down the maze of empty draws it seemed a sound of feet abruptly ceased now trotting walking now he labored east and when at length the burning zenith beat upon him and the summit swam with heat and on the winding gullies fell no shade he came to where converging gulches made a steep-walled basin for the blinding glare here fanged and famished crawled the prickly pear malevolent with thirst the soapweed thrust its barbed stilettos from the arid dust defiant of the rain withholding blue and in the midst a lonely scrub oak grew a crooked dwarf that in the picture bog of its own shadow squatted like a frog fink panting flung himself beneath its boughs a mighty magic in the noonday drowse allayed the driving fear a waking dream fulfilled a growing wish he saw the stream far off as from a space commanding height and now a fantasy of rapid flight transported him above the sagging land and with a sudden swoop he seemed to stand once more upon the shimmering river's brink his eyes drank deep but when his mouth would drink a giant hornet from the other shore the generating centre of a roar that shook the world snarled by he started up and saw the basin filling as a cup with purple twilight gazing all around where still the flitting ghost of some great sound troubled the crags a moment then was mute he saw along the shoulder of a butte a good three hundred paces from the oak a slowly spreading streak of rifle smoke and knew the deadly eye was lurking there he fled again about him everywhere amid the tangled draws now growing dim weird witnesses took cognizance of him 
and told abroad the winding way he ran he halted only when his breath began to stab his throat and lo the staring eye was quenched with night no further need he fly till dawn and yet he held his breath to hear if footsteps followed silence smote his ear the gruesome silence of the hearth-lit hall more dread than sound against the gully wall he shrank and huddled with his eyes shut tight for fear a presence latent in the night should walk before him then it seemed he ran through regions alien to the feet of man a weary way despite the speed of sleep and came upon a river flowing deep between black crags that made the sky a well and eerily the feeble starlight fell upon the flood with water-lilies strown but when he stooped the stream began to moan and suddenly from every lily-pad a white face bloomed unutterably sad and bloody-browed a swift erasing flame across the dusky picture morning came mike lay a moment blinking at the blue and then the fear of yesterday broke through the clinging drowse for lo on every side the paling summits watched him argus eyed in hushed anticipation of a roar he fled all day intent to see once more the open plain before the night should fall he laboured on but many a soaring wall annulled some costly distance he had won and misdirected gullies white with sun seemed spitefully to baffle his desire the deeps went blue on mimic dome and spire the daylight faded to a starry awe mike slept and lo they marched along the draw or rather burned tall radiantly white a hushed procession tunneling the night they came with lips that smiled and brows that bled and each one bore a tin cup on its head a brimming cup but ever as they came before him like a draught struck candle flame they shuddered and were snuffed twas deep night yet when mike awoke and felt the terror sweat upon his face the prickling of his hair afraid to sleep he paced the gully there until the taller buttes were growing gray he brooded much on flowing streams that day as with a weight he stooped his feet were slow he shuffled less and less he feared talbot behind him more and more he feared the night before him any hazard in the light or aught that might befall twixt living men were better than to be alone again and meet that dream the deeps began to fill with purple haze bewildered boding ill a moaning wind awoke twould soon be dark mike pondered twice talbot had missed the mark perhaps he hadn't really meant to hit and surely now that flaring anger fit had burned away it wasn't like the man to hold a grudge mike halted and began to grope for words regretful of the dead persuasive words about a heart that bled for bill twas all a terrible mistake please now a little rope for old time's sake with troublesome insistence that refrain kept running through the muddle of his brain and disarranged the words he meant to speak the trickle of a tear along his cheek consoled him soon his suffering would end talbot would see him weeping for his friend 
Talbot had water. Now the heights burned red to westward. With a choking clutch of dread, he noted how the dusk was gathering along the draws, a trap about to spring. He cupped his hands about his mouth and cried, Talbot! Talbot! Despairing voices died among the summits, and the lost wind pined. It made Talbot seem infinitely kind, the one thing human in a ghostly land. Where was he? Just a touch of that warm hand would thwart the dark. Mike sat against a wall and brooded. By and by, a skittering fall of pebbles at his back aroused the man. He scrambled to his feet and turned to scan the butte that sloped above him. Where the glow still washed the middle height, he saw Talbot, serenely perched upon a ledge of clay, and Mike forgot the words he meant to say, the fitted words regretful of his deed. A forthright, stark sincerity of need, rough-hued the husky incoherent prayer he shouted to that lord of water there, above the gloom. A little drop to drink for old time's sake. Talbot regarded Fink a while in silence, then his thin lips curled. You spilled the only drink in all the world. Go on, he said, and think of what you done. Beyond the pointed muzzle of his gun, he saw the big man wither to a squat and tremble like a bison when the shot just nips the vital circle. Then he saw a stooping figure hurry down the draw, grow dim and vanish in the failing light. T'was long before Talbot could sleep that night. Some questioner, insistently perverse, assailed him and compelled him to rehearse the justifying story of the friend betrayed and slain. But when he reached the end, still unconvinced the questioner was there to taunt him with the pleading of despair. For old time's sake, sleep brought him little rest. For what the will denied, the heart confessed in mournful dreams. And when the first faint gray aroused him, and he started on his way, he knew the stubborn questioner had won. No brooding on the wrong that Mike had done could still that cry. Blaze now, for old time's sake, a little drop. It made his eyeballs ache with tears of pity that he couldn't shed. No other dawn save that when Bill lay dead, and things began to stare about the hall had found the world so empty. After all, what man could know the way another trod? And who was he, tell Bo, to play at God? Let one who curbs the wind and brews the rain essay the subtler portioning of pain to souls that err. Tell Bo would make amends. Once more they'd drink together and be friends. How often they had shared. He struck a trot, eyes fixed upon the trail. The sun rose hot. Noon poured a blinding glare along the draws, and still the trail led on without a pause to show where Mike had rested. Thirst began to be a burden on the little man. His progress dwindled to a dragging pace. But when he tipped the flask, that pleading face arose before him, and a prayer denied came mourning back to thrust his need aside. A little drop. How Mike must suffer now. I'm not so very thirsty anyhow, he told himself, and almost any bend might bring him on a sudden to his friend. He'd wait and share the water. 
every turn betrayed a hope the west began to burn flared red went ashen and the stars came out dreams colored by an unacknowledged doubt perplexed the trail he followed in his sleep and dreary hours before the tallest steep saw dawn talbot was waiting for the day till noon he read a writing in the clay that bade him haste for now from wall to wall the footmarks wandered like the crabbed scrawl an old man writes they told a gloomy tale and then the last dim inkling of a trail was lost upon a patch of hardened ground the red west saw him like a nervous hound that noses vainly for the vanished track still plunging into gullies doubling back and pausing now and then to hurl a yell among the ululating steeps night fell the star-lit buttes still heard him panting by and summits weird with midnight caught his cry to answer mocking morning brought despair nor did he get much comfort of his prayer god let me find him show me where to go some greater unregenerate talbot was god that morning for the lesser heard his own bleak answer echoed word for word go on and think of all the wrong you've done his futile wish to hasten sped the sun that day as he recalled it in the dark was like the spinning of a burning arc he nodded and the night was but a swoon and morning neighbored strangely with the noon and evening was the noon's penumbral haze no further ran the reckoning of days twas evening when at last he stooped to stare upon a puzzling trail a wounded bear it seemed had dragged its rump across the sands that floored the gullies now but sprawling hands had marked the margin why was that no doubt mike too had tarried here to puzzle out what sort of beast has passed and yet how queer twas plain no human feet had trodden here a trail of hands that throbbing in his brain confused his feeble efforts to explain and hazily he wondered if he slept and dreamed again tenaciously he kept his eyes upon the trail and labored on lest swooping like a hawk another dawn should snatch that hope away a sentry crow upon a sunlit summit saw talbot and croaked alarm the noise of many wings in startled flight and raucous chatterings arose what feast was interrupted there a little way ahead twould be the bear he plodded on the intervening space sagged under him and halting at the place where late the flock had been he strove to break a grip of horror surely now he'd wake and see the morning quicken in the skies the thing remained it hadn't any eyes the pilfered sockets bore a pleading stare a long hoarse wail of anguish and despair aroused the echoes answering arose once more the jeering chorus of the crows end of the eighth canto end of the song of three friends by john gneisenau nyhart